0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway, at Dallas North Tollway, now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA
2: or visit mensteaclinic.com. Standing by for Carmen Vitali. You can follow her at Carmi V on Twitter. She's the NFC North expert for Fox Sports. She's going to jump on with us here and uh, talk Cowboys-Lions on the final 2023 episode of the G-Bag Nation. Zach Wolchuk alongside Brian Brodis. We got Eric Chiafalo, Lucius Alexander. Reg is up here. We have What's up, Reg? How you doing, buddy? And of course, Carter Freeman coordinating your video on Twitch and on YouTube. Appreciate everybody rocking with us. We'll do the top 10 Coming up on the other side but right now, let's welcome in we via the d Leasing Hotline, Carmen Vitali. Carmen, how are you? Thanks for giving us some time today. Yeah, of course. How are you guys? We're doing fantastic. I mean, we're very excited for tomorrow night's game. We're hoping our Cowboys can get off the schneid of this two-game losing streak. But what can you tell us about this Lions team? I mean, holy hell. First time they've won a division title since 1993. I know everything's
3: very exciting around uh, Allen Park, Michigan right now and Detroit as a whole. I mean, this is something that the Detroit fan base has been absolutely starved for. And it's not something that Dan Campbell and his staff have shied away from. They know how much the Lions mean to that city and how much it means that they're going to the play. They punched their ticket to the playoffs. They've won a division title. Even Jared Goff got emotional last last week uh, after the game because he was there for three and 13. So it's a big deal for the players coaches, the city, uh, and they're still motivated because they want that home playoff game uh, come the postseason.
1: Carmen, have you been more impressed with what they've been able to do offensively or what Aaron Glenn has done defensively for them? It's got to be offensively.
3: I mean, Ben Johnson has to be one of the most creative play callers in the league right now, and especially given the personnel that they have, they lean very heavily on David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, who are two very different backs, but together... I think, make up the best running back tandem in the NFL. And then from there, you've got playmakers like Amon Ross St. Brown. You have rookie Sam Laporta, who's in his first year and is about to break like every single rookie tight end record uh, and and has over 100 targets this year already. So he's someone that Jared Goff relies on. They've got an excellent offensive line when they're healthy. And if they can keep Jared Goff clean, the full breadth of this offensive playbook is available to them. And that's going to be key for the Cowboys. To kind of stop them in their tracks, I think if the Lions have to play from behind, you can really kind of put them on their heels a little bit more. So that's going to be a big thing, I think. Dak and Dak and the gang are going to have to get out to some points pretty quickly here.
1: Carmen, you mentioned about the health of the offensive line. It, we Decker was on the list and then not on the list. Where where are they on the as far as his availability? I, I assume he's going to play in this game, but has he been dealing with some injuries uh, this this uh, this uh, season? Yeah, I mean, he he has been dealing with some injuries, but at this point in the season, week seventeen,
3: nobody's healthy, right? Sure, right. So right. Yeah, these are these are the toughest guys on the team. I mean, you see, you saw Frank Ragnow who had a knee injury. Come to find out, had meniscus surgery, missed one game, wow. and that was it. And then he he is the engine that really makes this offensive go, offense offense go in general. If I could, I know it's a team sport, but honestly, I think Frank Ragnow is the most important piece too. The Detroit Lions, because when he's out, uh, I think this was a friend of mine, Nate Tice, had this stat, the Lions are second in offensive EPA per play when Frank Ragnow is in. When he's out, they're 27th.
0: Hmm. So
3: the offensive line means so, so much, Frank Ragnow in particular, and he's been playing through everything, as has everyone on that offensive line, if they can. So I expect Taylor Decker to play through it, and I don't expect him to be limited that much, although... I could see them trying to move Micah Parsons, the, the Cowboys to move Micah Parsons over to that side, try to exploit uh perhaps that injury a little bit more. But I mean if there's if there's a weakness, I guess it's there, but I don't really foresee Taylor Ducker uh being too much too 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 much less of what he normally is.
2: When it comes to stopping this Lions offense, you mentioned pressuring Goff. Is that I mean you you want to bottle up their rushing attack for sure, but pressuring Goff seems to be the number one thing you can do to have success against these guys. Mm-hmm.
3: Absolutely. I mean, when Goff is two different quarterbacks, when he's pressured and when he's not, and more more than when he's pressured, when he's hit, he can handle some pressure, uh, though it hasn't really gotten to him a lot this year. But when it has, I mean, you look at what the Ravens were able to do against these guys earlier in the season, and that's exactly what it was. It was getting in Goff's face, hitting him, and he just he panics. And that's not something that's been exclusive to him as a Detroit Lion. That's how he was in Los Angeles as well. So that is absolutely the key. But the issue, again, is just getting to him behind that offensive line.
2: What would you say the weak link is maybe defensively? I mean, you mentioned Dak and the Cowboys needing to put up a lot of points. We're expecting this one to be kind of a barn burner. But Nick Mullins seemed like they had some success Minnesota through the air last week. Who can you attack in the secondary?
3: Yeah, the secondary doesn't have a lot of depth right now. They're not getting C.J. Gardner-Johnson back quite yet. I expect him to be back for the postseason, and, and as do they. But really, the outside is kind of the vulnerable part of mm-hmm. this. Cam Sutton was on the injury report as well. Over the middle, you have Brian Branch, you have Kirby Joseph, who's gone on some spurts of, of interception, sometimes multiple in a game. Brian Branch, for a rookie, is just... For anybody yeah, really. that's what
1: I was going to ask you about. I wanted to ask you about Branch because you know we all studied him coming out of the draft. Is you know Alabama's the state? They stole that kid in the second round. Sure they absolutely oh stole that kid. So, but you know him as a nickel, never any thought about moving him outside at all. Carm, with 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 him, or they just they always are going to play him inside that way.
3: Yeah. They're pretty much always going to play him inside though. They are going to move him around between that in that nickel safety role, but he's so versatile. He's such a Swiss army knife. Um, They have not shown though, the fact that they're willing to kind of put him on the outside. That's not exactly where he's best either because he's good when he can anticipate and, and kind of go have the, have the middle of the field to kind of work with and make plays on, Um, especially when they kind of sit back and play zone a lot. So that is Brian Branch's friend. That They're not going to really take him away from that. And because of it, though, they have some cornerback depth issues, and they're just not really well equipped uh, in the secondary in general right now. And that's definitely been their weakness because it's stressed their defensive front in that sense. And then uh, it, people can key in on Aiden Hutchinson because of it. It's kind of a domino effect. So that's, that's kind of the way to beat these guys defensively.
2: So the Cowboys played Miami last week and and we had fun talking about Mike McDaniel and we play his audio cuts all the time but next up would probably be Man Campbell, Dan Campbell. How unique is he to be around?
3: He is fantastic. I mean, he, you can just tell how genuine his enthusiasm is and just how much these guys love to play for him and how much these guys love to coach for him. I mean, he has he's made up a staff of a lot of former players and it, because of that, it makes them re- relate to their players a lot better. That's something that Dan Campbell has taken from the Bill Parcells uh, philosophy. It's something that Parcells really instilled in Dan Campbell. It's that relate to your players. That's how you're going to get the most out of them. And because of that, these guys are ready to go to war for Dan Campbell no matter what. And it, the culture in that locker room, I said, I've said this a lot, from even last year when you know, they went one and six, I was in that locker room during that time, and you would have never known. And I don't say that as a slight to say they weren't taking it seriously or anything like that. Clearly, they turned it around. But it was just the culture in that locker room, because of Dan Campbell, has this singular belief in themselves that nothing was going to shake it, not even that losing streak to start the season last year.
1: Carmen, was uh, any chance that he got – I know he wanted to get a lion out front on a chain by the practice field. Did we ever get that uh, – that- did he? I mean, now that you're winning all these. Now that they're winning all these games up there, I figured that the 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 Ford family would find a way to get that lion on the actual practice field for him. I know that Dan Campbell petitioned Sheila to do
3: it. So, I, I, to my knowledge, that has not happened. And I'm sure that that would be a very viral moment if it ever does. Maybe if they do start making a playoff run, or if they reach the Super Bowl, I don't know how you could argue against that. You got to get a lion in there.
2: So I know you do excellent work with Fox Sports. You cover the entire NFC North. I think one of the fascinating conversations is what the hell are the Bears going to do at quarterback? It seems like Justin Fields is getting a ton of support. Have you heard anything? Do you think Fields is going to be the guy or do they look at a quarterback in the draft?
3: I have to think that you take advantage of the draft stock that you're going to have or the draft pick that you're going to have because this is a sneakily good roster. Mm. That's what I've heard from coaches that have played them, um, you know, Lions week even, and the Bears beat the Lions. I had Lions coaches telling me like, hey, this team isn't bad. I don't know what everybody's like so down on them for. They've got a really good roster, and they do have this question mark with Justin Fields. I don't think that – I think that he's kind of a square peg trying to fit into a round – Luke Getze offensive hole, Jeez. and it's not quite working. So I, if they get rid of offensive coordinator Luke Getze, I also don't think it makes sense to keep Fields and put him in his third system in Chicago since he's been in the league. And especially with his kind of contract clock winding down here, you have to make the decision on his fifth-year option this offseason, and then you're looking at paying him $25 million, and then between 40 and 50 if you really think he's the guy within the next couple of years I just don't see that happening if you have to start over again with him and evaluate to see if he really is that guy that you want him to be. I think you kind of take the clean slate, you take advantage of the, of the draft position you're going to have and start that quarterback clock over, especially if you bring in a new offensive coordinator.
1: Carmen, do you think the Packers have a chance to get into that seventh seed or are they done? God help me, I do. Yeah.
3: Um, I, the, the defense, listen, it's there's, there's some fracturing, I think, in that team right now where the defense is kind of on a different page than the offense. The offense is trying everything they can to make this playoff push. And the amount of production they're getting out of first- and second-year players with a first-year starter under center, I mean, I think they're 10th uh, in offensive DVOA and fourth in passing DVOA, which, again, this is Jordan Love's first year. He's on pace to do better than Aaron Rodgers did his first year. He already has a better record, uh, if you're into the whole quarterback, uh, sure. your wins or quarterback stat thing, um, than Aaron Rodgers did in his first season. I mean, they got their evaluation on Jordan Love. They they know he's the guy going forward. It's just a matter of if the defense can keep up and make some crucial stops and make it a little bit easier on Jordan Love. Uh, that's, that's kind of the fracture right now is that the defense just hasn't been performing. So it's all going to come down to them as it has pretty much every season, every, every game this season, and it hasn't always worked out for the Packers. So we'll see
2: back to the lions, their play caller, Ben Johnson, you mentioned he's been a super beast. He's going to be at the top of every team's list for the most part when it comes to the next, uh, head coaching search. But I've I seen reports there where he's, he's trying to command like $15 million a year. Are we, are we buying <laughs> so-
1: this?
3: Not at all. His agent came out and said, this is, he kind of made a mockery of the tweet and was like, this is vehemently false. Uh, There is no price tag. There is no ask. uh, This is not something that we're even thinking about right now because of the fact that the Lions are in the thick of things. And this is a guy who came back, and and turned down other head coaching interviews last year to return to the Lions because he believed in what they were doing. I'm not saying he's going to do that again because I definitely think that someone's going to back the Brinks Brinks truck up for him at some point this offseason, but there's no $15 million ask. That's not who Ben Johnson is either. (laughs) He would never command that. Um, But if someone wants to give it to him, I don't think he's going to say no either. Let's be clear.
2: C.D. Lamb is on the verge of uh, making Cowboys history as a receiver, but do people nationally give Amon Ross St. Brown enough love?
3: I don't think so at all. This is a guy that is a true number one receiver and has been seen as a slot receiver his entire career. And while he operates out of the slot a lot, he will they will line him up all over the formation. They'll line him up in the backfield, and he's yeah. running those end-arounds into the end zone from the backfield. So he's so versatile He's so good, he's so reliable, and he's routinely in the top 10 for for major passing or receiving stats uh, year after year, and I don't really understand why people aren't seeing how big of a deal he is and how much he makes this offense go.
2: Do you have a pick for this game tomorrow night, or do you, uh, you think the Lions get it done?
3: Um, I've unfortunately had to make a pick a couple of times already this week, but I do think that all of that said, and as good as the Lions are playing right now, uh, the Dallas Cowboys are playing better at at and they are all more motivated coming off the losing streak to get right, get the win, get the momentum to go into the postseason. I just see Dak kind of lighten it up in front of the home crowd, and as he had for what, 15 straight games? Something yes, like that? Going for 16 yeah, so. in a
2: row. That, that makes Cowboy fans very, very happy. Uh, probably the most important question of the interview so far here, though, Carmen Have you ever toasted a Pop Tart before?
3: I have toasted a Pop-Tart before, and I, I'm one of those people that there are certain flavors that I like toasted. There are certain flavors I like untoasted. Okay. So I, it, it just depends. Um, I, I don't know. I think strawberry actually is probably one of the ones that's better when it's toasted. I agree. Which, yeah. But then, you know, the, the brown sugar cinnamon ones, please. That is so much better untoasted. toasted.
2: Okay, so you got to leave those ones untoasted. So this
3: is so cool. anything yeah.
1: anything frosted, then Carm, you're not going to toast it. It sounds like, right? You just you eat the, the plain yeah, strawberry, the
3: strawberry one. Yeah, the strawberry one is no. The strawberry one is the frosted strawberry. Okay,
1: well, with. see, that's what I'm seeing. You're talking to a 60 year old man here who had the Pop Tart when it was just just the like the <laughs> it was just breading, a brick the no, breading at least one and the that
2: was sugar so much sugar when I was younger. By the yeah, time I was younger. yeah. <laughs> Okay, speaking of food, you're covering the NFC North. We got we got food feuds going on. Detroit pizza, oh. Chicago deep dish style. Which one's better?
3: So, can I say neither? Because Ooh, the
2: there we Chicago go. I like style, this. I like this. The
3: actual Chicago style pizza is the tavern style thin crust that's cut into squares, and that is what everybody in Chicago actually eats. I probably only have deep dish, like twice a month or twice a year, rather, Yeah. Um, I, only, I only have the thin crust tavern style with the, thin cr- like the really thin crust, crispy crust, and the really good sauce. It's all about like the sauce and the cheese and the toppings. So that's my pick, and not, neither Detroit nor Deep Dish.
2: Carmen, you're a beast. Uh, th- this has been awesome. we got to get you on more often. The uh, response has been outstanding. Enjoy, of course, all the football over the weekend, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, At Carmy V on Twitter, if you want to give her a follow on Instagram as well, Carmen Vitale covers the NFC North for Fox Sports. Tremendous. Does a hell of a job. Tremendous uh, reporter right there. Does a fantastic job letting us know about the Detroit Lions as we go behind enemy lines. Let's do the top 10. Jimmy Johnson is getting into the Ring of Honor tomorrow. We've got the top 10 Jimmy Johnson games as Cowboys head coach and Micah talking about tomorrow's matchup. The Lion on the Lions. That's next.